Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber. Another wild overnight in futures, as you know. Stocks will try to get back some of the worst three-day stretch for the S&P since June. A lot of news on Lululemon, Slack, Tiffany, and, of course, the vaccine makers. Our roadmap begins with the tech tumble. The Nasdaq now in correction territory, but futures do point to a bounce. Tiffany shares, they're down more than 10% ahead of the bell. This is LVMH tries to get out of its $16.2 billion deal to buy it. And shares of AstraZeneca falling pre-market, the drug maker hitting pause on its late-stage coronavirus vaccine trial. Jim, uh, you just tweeted uh, coming to us in a few, fired up about what? Fired up because I think that people have given up. Uh, we had 10% correction. Uh, most of the people I heard, except Jim Polsmer at the end, uh, in the previous show basically say, you know what, look, it's a, this is a dangerous, it's a bubble, it's a bubble, it's a bubble. Now, I think that anytime the market opens up big, you know, Carl, I, I don't like it, but Europe is up strong. I think that this idea that it's a bubble, what is the it? Is the it tech? Is the it Apple? Is it Tesla? Let's take it case by case. I see things that have come down a lot that are very, very interesting. It's just that I'm not sitting here saying, you know what, this is the moment where you must buy all the Zoom in the world. But Zoom just fell 30%. Zoom had a really great quarter. I had CrowdStrike on last night. Now, p- people are going to say these are viciously overvalued, but they have come down, and maybe this is the level you want to start. Look at the decline in Amazon. Does someone think that Amazon's doing poorly? David, you know that list. These stocks are not the same. Uh, there are companies that, uh, that frankly, uh, their stocks have come down, and maybe they shouldn't go down as much as others. It's not uniform. No, but uh, look at that move up. I mean, granted, we know the business at Amazon is extremely strong, but I could put up any number of different companies, Jim, Apple amongst them, where we sat here every day watching it go up 4%, Tesla, of course, the same, both in front of their expected splits, which have since taken place. And there was nothing there either that necessarily supported it in terms of understanding what was better about the business. Yeah, we had analysts doing backflips to raise their price targets, but I don't know. I don't know where 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 I mean, I'm listen. I listen to you. All right. If well, you're telling I, I, me maybe now with that, maybe Apple's bottomed after hitting two point. What was it? Three trillion in market value now below two trillion. Maybe that's enough. I don't know. Well, there's no cold shots. I mean, it's not like we sit here and say, you know what? This is the bottom Apple. If you haven't bought any Apple, you got the split. People justifiably sold off a little of it. No value created by splits. And then you got your start. You got a level. Now, you can say, listen, it, it, I, I never want to be in the stock market. I, there's so many people just like, hey, stay away from the stock market. But I continue to come back and say it's the greatest wealth generator of all time. I prefer actually non-NASDAQ stocks to NASDAQ stocks. I prefer S&P names to tech names. But, Carl, I look at it and I say, you know what? 
are you an idiot if you come in now or were you stupid if you came in at the top? If you bought Zoom when they announced, that wasn't so good, but down 30%. Zoom's still very expensive, but I think Zoom's here to stay. I just encourage people to think, stop it with the across the board. You're a fool if you buy stocks. That's something you say when you're rich and you don't want other people in, Carl. Yeah. Uh, Data Trek this morning, Jim says the tech sector has been up 50 percent over 100 100 trading days, uh, three times, 99, uh, 2000, 2009 and 2020. It's three times since 99, 2009 and 2020. They think this looks more like 09. But when we hear bubble, that's what we're talking about, Jim, a 50 percent move in 100 days. Right. Does that not make sense? I, I think that there is a bubble in a lot of tech stocks that are very hard to try to value. I mean, I had CrowdStrike on last night. How do you value CrowdStrike? They're the highest uh, annual recurring revenue of any company I follow. How do you value Zoom, which has changed the world over a period of six months? And I think the answer is it's incredibly hard to value. Does that mean you then default to owning FedEx? Does that mean you end up buying uh, uh, Tiffany after the deal broke down? Perhaps. I'm just saying, you know what, if you took something off, which is what we were advising, and I've been advising, 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 I don't know if you still want to take stuff off. I've been recommending selling for three weeks. Now we have big time people who come on air and say, you know what, maybe you should get out. I can't do that because I did. I can't do it now. <laughs> what do? You know what? Now's the time. Well, like, no, I, the, when I was saying selling before, that was just a joke. This is for real. I mean, come on. Hey, well, that's like saying, you know what? The Chiefs, they're going to win the Super Bowl. Well, no, you see, they won the Super Bowl. So it, it doesn't really uh, create value Thursday night, by the way, against the Texans. David, please, look at me because you're right there. I will. I'd, I'm I, looking at you, Jim. Yes. I, you know I was bearish. Can yes. I be as bearish on a Zoom down 30%? Perhaps I should be. But in the end, the way I look at things is if you haven't bought anything, maybe you dip your toe in. Not when it's up a lot. I mean, do I want people to buy Apple up three and a half? Well, you know, eh, Maybe buy little and let it come in. I just I get discouraged when I hear people who have never let us in, so to speak, who think that the great unwashed who watch the show are really going to hurt themselves. Well, they got hurt on Sorrento and on Vaxart. They made a mistake if they bought Tesla at the top. But you know what? Let's allow people to try to make some money. Is well, this the they, right to, they, a level to buy Campbell's soup? And they have percent Listen, if they've been if they've been in since. Since April, they certainly are uh, doing quite well, most yes. likely. So they should take um, a little off. Jim, I know. The broader market, you know, yesterday was interesting because we didn't see that rotation that we had seen to a certain extent when some of the high flyers were selling off last week. There was at least then some movement into the banks. Yesterday, everything. I mean, the right. banks were hit. Uh, oil and gas got hit very badly. Uh, I think pharma sort of held up okay. Mm. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, is that a sign? Is that something that concerns you? Or, it, 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 and or is there ever going to be a real opportunity to look at value? Well, that's the sign typically on day four that you begin to get a bottom. That's been the pattern in this market since 1982. Uh, you'll start finding stocks that will tell you what to do. Now, you know, I think that oil is a perma short. I don't know why anyone. I mean, someone came out today and recommended Continental Resources. And I want to just say, you know what? Quit your job. It's okay. I mean, these stocks are, they're, they're just wasting assets. You think all this money going into EV is because oil is going to be a great investment? No, and there's oil, oil everywhere. But I come back and I start saying, okay, here's where it gets hard for me. Bristol Myers. Now, Carl, Bristol Myers is a company that is not expensive, all right? I don't care what, under what guys 
a nine times earnings stock with an improving balance sheet and a 3% yield, I think that's reasonable to buy. Now, does someone want to keep our viewers out of Bristol-Myers? Because I would contest that that's the the right thing to do. I think that you want to buy Bristol-Myers. I'm not saying you have to go buy Moderna, which, by the way, I'm not going into the trial. I got, uh, after last night, I rethought uh, going into the Moderna trial. Yeah, I did. I read about that illness. I read Stat and I read the New York Times. And I know it's only one, but I, I remember David when Bristol Myers bought a company, and there were a couple serious event, uh, adverse events. Remember, David, they wrote the company off. I, it's Listen, serious. You're talking about the transverse myelitis, of course, uh, that we believe is at least what has held up the AstraZeneca Oxford trial right. for the moment. Uh, and you can see AstraZeneca is performing differently than the other uh, names that we put up there in terms of those that are developing. You know, I, I did go to somebody I, I, I trust on these things who, who knows trials extraordinarily well and the science behind them. And this is a very rare disease, as you know, guys. One to eight cases per million people per year. I think um, there was a 2009 publication that said there were 37 cases possibly associated with various vaccines between 1970 and 2009. Right. But there have been 10 cases reported in association with COVID-19 as of the end of August. And so I guess the question here is if it is transverse myelitis, which we're not certain it is, uh, is it associated with either the vaccine or having gotten SARS? So a key thing will be to know whether this particular patient had had COVID-19 or not, had SARS-CoV-2 or not. So doesn't that cut to waiting a little bit as opposed to going down to Cornell Cornell Wild today? Right. So if they uh, were positive, that might that might play. Then we might know a little bit more. Now, it's also possible for it to be associated with the vaccine and not other vaccines. But all vaccines apparently do use the some portion of the uh, or all of the spike protein. If it's related to the immune response to the spike protein itself, it may be that other SARS-CoV-2 vaccines will rarely but repeatedly cause transverse myelitis. So it's not an unimportant thing to keep a close watch on to understand better and to wait and hear what we learn or what AstraZeneca and Oxford learn about this particular patient in this trial. Yeah, I mean, uh, Carl, when I think about this, I I don't think I'm saying uh, don't get a vaccine. I'm trying to get in that J&J vaccine. I don't know what the hell happens up in Boston. I think they're a terrific company. I am saying I don't want to be the first. I mean, maybe I can be like the second tranche. I think that we have to have people take the vaccine. We don't have a lot of hot spots in New York. Uh, I do think that a vaccine for someone my age is a real good idea. I, I care more about testing the vaccines right now. And we know, Carl, that uh, testing is, I think, very instrumental in what's caused the decline in the number of people who have COVID in the country. As our mass, even as the president uh, is not necessarily the masked man, he is not. The lo- he is a lone ranger against masks. Yeah. He is not the masked man. That is, that no. is fair to say, Jim. Um, uh, Fauci, I know, uh, said that the AstraZeneca news was unfortunate, that right. hopefully they can proceed uh, with the trial. But he did reiterate, uh, Jim, that his timeline on either uh, uh, emergency use or our key data is not as early, perhaps, as the administration has been hoping, namely late October, early November. Is it, though, uh, does it make sense to say that this news from uh, uh, from AstraZeneca does give the other players who were arguably behind in in uh, the chain of events a little bit of a head start. 
Yeah, but I think that the lesson of all these is that when you go by the Novavaxes or, or when you go by uh, a Sorrento, I mean, you're still playing roulette here. Uh, uh, Pfizer's come all the way back from when they thought they had some good things. I, I prefer to still go with the antivirals. I think they have the best hope, but Regeneron seems to be incredibly weak. By the way, Gilead is the weakest stock in the uh, Kramer COVID 100 index. It's down 17 percent since we created the index. Uh, what I think it, it is really important is that what does it mean for the reopening of America? I think a lot of the recommendations we've seen, including the airlines, are a belief that we're going to get vaccines in this year and maybe things are going to start looking up for spending. Uh, David, I think that if you're waiting on a vaccine, would you stick with Tiffany? Would you stick with? I don't know. You know, that's going to we're going to talk a lot about that momentarily, Jim, because it's uh, obviously a story we've been covering closely and a lot of uh, fascinating uh, developments there. Listen, we're only hoping for the vaccines to be as safe and effective as possible and get them as quickly as we possibly right. can. And as you've heard me say many times, I agree with you, whether it's antivirals, whether it's monoclonal antibodies or other antivirals, they are going to potentially be a key. And we've got to keep an eye for those as well, because they certainly could change the complexion of the entire uh, virus for many people if they are available and effective. You know, Carl, last night I had Governor Raimondo on, who is uh, from Rhode Island. Uh, they have 30 cases of COVID in their five, uni- uh, five colleges in Rhode Island. What I principally worry about, and I think we don't talk about enough, are our kids coming back and what that means. And we are underestimating the second wave all of a sudden with the reopening of America. And I think I'm waiting for the closing of colleges because the uh, the governor of uh, Rhode Island called all the colleges in and said, listen, we are going personally, we are going to go in and we are going to kick people out. We're going to do what's necessary. I don't hear that at a lot of colleges. I see numbers from colleges in the New York Times study that tells me, look out when you get a Trojan. Your kids could be Trojan horses. Keep them there. Keep them there. Keep yeah. them in college. Um, yeah. Well, three weeks ago, guys, uh, cases were rising in three states. Uh, currently, cases are rising in 22 states, even though the number of daily new cases obviously is the lowest since June. So you're right about the back to school dynamic, especially higher education. That's a big deal. I will take a break here, guys. Lots to get to. David mentioned uh, Tiffany and LVMH, New Street Highs on Peloton. Of course, there's Slack and Lululemon and a lot more with futures up. Don't go away. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Welcome back. Well, they don't call him the wolf in cashmere for nothing. I'm referring to, of course, Bernard Arnault, the man who, uh, who basically founded uh, and is the control shareholder of LVMH, one of the wealthiest men in the world. I've been reporting on this for some time, of course, rela- relating to the pending acquisition of Tiffany, which by all accounts or many accounts should have been very close to closing uh, by now, but is far from that, in part because, as I've been reporting for months now, Mr. Arnault has wanted a price cut. It does appear that that, at least according to people familiar with this thinking, tell me, is still what he would like. But he's taken an unexpected route to try to get there, it would seem, and one that perhaps we did not see coming, uh, even uh, as late as 
yesterday uh, because it doesn't relate to his pursuing a, a, a claim that uh, there's been a material adverse change in Tiffany's business, which under the contract at least would allow him to get out of the deal. It in fact relates to a letter received on August 31st from the French foreign ministry uh, dealing with the prospect of tariffs coming on luxury goods that would be t imported from France to the U.S., Here's the important part of the letter and how it relates to LVMH's decision to essentially abandon this deal at this point. The American government has decided to implement an additional customs duty on the import of certain French goods, in particular goods in the luxury sector. In order to support the steps taken vis-a-vis -vis the American government, you should defer the closing of the pending Tiffany transaction until January 6, 2021. Now, that would have the effect of delaying it or pushing it out past, of course, what LVMH says is the so-called drop-dead date. That's not really the case when you read the contract. In fact, they, either side would have to terminate or has the right to, but they don't have to after November 24th. That said, that's the way it's being read. Tiffany, well, clearly they were ready, weren't they? Because they had a lawsuit of 120 or so pages that they basically filed almost immediately. <laughs> What's interesting here, well, there's a lot of things. First of all, this letter was received on August 31st. At least according to the contract and the way these things typically go, Tiffany should have been told about this letter so they could help plan what the response might be. They didn't learn about it until yesterday. We haven't actually seen the French translation of it, although we're told that perhaps that will be forthcoming. Uh, and so that word should has become a key uh, question here. What does it really mean? And is it going to invite response from the U.S. government in some way? The French telling, well, Mr. Arnault, it really wouldn't look uh, positively on you acquiring Tiffany, given what's going on in this spat between us and the U.S. about potential uh, additional customs duties on, uh, on luxury goods. Um, here's what Roger Farah had to say, of course, after they filed that lawsuit. He is the chairman of the board at Tiffany. Um, we believe LVMH will seek to use any available means in an attempt to avoid closing the transaction in the agreed terms. But the simple facts are that there is no basis under French law for the foreign affairs minister to order a company to breach a valid and binding agreement. And the unilateral decision here with the French government without notifying or consulting with Tiffany and its counsel were a further breach of LVMH's obligations. Moreover, the supposed official French effort to retaliate against the U.S. for proposed new tariffs has never been announced or discussed publicly. How could it possibly be then an effort to pressure the U.S. into revoking the tariffs? And then he goes on to say, furthermore, we're not even aware of any other French cover company receiving such a request, making it all the more clear that LVMH has unclean hands, hands perhaps not even fit for a nice ring from Tiffany. Uh, LVMH CFO on their press call, which uh, they're going to have another one, but they had one this morning. They had some technical difficulties, but this is what we did get from him. He said, we have a government order. He said, it's a valid order. We checked. We spent a few days consulting very eminent legal experts on the matter. All of them told us this is legal. They have the right to ask us to postpone the acquisition, and therefore we have no other choice but to apply this decision. It's a valid decision, unlike what has been said. Where does this all leave us? Well, it leaves us going to Delaware, to court there, where Mr. Arnault, conceivably, if they actually get to it, will have to take the stand. There'll be a lot of discovery, of course. They've asked for expedited in Delaware, meaning things could move uh, on a more, qui uh, more quickly. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Jim, you know I've been following this. Uh, Arnaud, of course, was very uh, upset at the deterioration of Tiffany's business, particularly in the U.S., and what he feels perhaps is long-term detriment to the company's prospects. He wants that price cut, and man, he's able to pull a lot of strings, possibly, it would seem, to get one. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you, David. I don't know the French government that well, 
but it seems like that LVMH is an integral part of the French government. I mean, look, I want this deal killed. So you call the anybody call Macron and say, listen, man, I need this thing scuttled. I want a better price. I mean, is that the way it works over there? I mean, is it crony capitalism even more than we have in our I, country? Well, I don't know if it's more than we have, right? We got a president who's also telling a Chinese company, you got it, we're going to close you down unless you sell it. And by the way, I want a piece of the action. That said... <laughs> I know. I, I don't know what to make of it. Listen, I'm no expert in the relations between uh, Mr. Arnaud is an incredibly powerful man. Some would say the most powerful man in France, maybe even more really? so than. Yeah. So I'm sure that he has a lot of ability to do this. Would you that like to said, go? you saw what the CFO said. They got this. It's a response in some way from the French. I'm not sure why now. I'm not sure why on August 31st, as opposed to when we first heard about these tariffs some time back. I, I can't tell you about the timing. I do know they're not looking at the MAC as much now anymore. They still had not filed EU, although I'm told they are going to file EU, perhaps as soon as this week. Um, but they, listen, Tiffany was ready, Jim, yeah. for this. They've been waiting for it. Uh, the board says, from what I'm hearing, they're fully aligned in their belief they're going to take it to the mat. But we'll see. You know, uh, Mr. Arnault is nothing if not relentless and the question is whether the Tiffany board will finally say, oh, maybe not. Maybe I, it's not I, worth it. David, if I, want jewelry, bucks. if I want jewelry, you got a Costco. <laughs> Costco's got really good jewelry. And you find some blue box, you stick it in it, the wife will know the difference. Yeah, right. Why, Why bother? Robin's egg. Ugh. What do you say, Carl? It's true, guys. <laughs> yep. Uh, I'll take a quick break. Future's in the green as we try to get back some of the last three days. Don't go anywhere. You seek the key. But first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Seen some nibbling of names that have uh, taken it on the chin the last few days. Apple's up 3% pre-market. Not on this list, though. Peloton up 6. Tesla up almost 8. We'll keep an eye on those as we get the opening bell in about five minutes. Lulu Slack. Lulu Slack. I think Slack's down more, right? Yeah, David. Uh, everybody, the, the major firms cut their price targets here. We've got Canaccord, Wells, Mizuho, Barclays, uh, RBC, a piper. What happened? Well, it depends on what you want want to believe. Slack came out and said in a very good note that, look, the macro headwinds are the problem. The install base not doing as well. Hiring freezes, keeping people from taking more slack. I, I totally get that. Uh, it's a good product. But then, David, there's another undercurrent, which is, is Microsoft crushing them? 
And I think the undercurrent of Microsoft crushing them is only made even more stark by the company, Mr. Butterfield, saying that perhaps Microsoft's engaged in antitrust violations. So either way, people don't want to touch it. Uh, the New York the Wall Street Journal slacks stock dives at results. It's the first one of these major tech companies that people are saying, uh-uh, didn't do it. Didn't beat and raise. This is not a BNR, David. This is a DNR, which is do not resuscitate. <laughs> so this was a direct listing, too, right? This, if I recall. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look at Spotify. That was yeah. a direct listing. No, Someone it was. And Palantir is going to be the next one that we see. We haven't talked. Right. Coming, you know, coming just, fairly soon. It's just, that, David, what I wonder is uh, the analysts are now seeing, hold it, stocks do go down as well as up. So there wasn't anyone supporting the stock. I wonder if they reported a couple of weeks ago, people said, hey, you know what? There's, there's something here that we like. But we are now in that uh, mode where not everything's going to be defended. Uh, if you defend everything, you defend nothing. Hmm. That's not one of your great historical figures, a quote? Kind of a Klauswitz thing, but also you know, they, a lot of the German generals always said that. Uh, pre, pre, pre-World War I. Yeah, and before right. that. And, and earlier. Right. Got it. Okay. Carl, got an opening bell coming up. We do. Uh, really quick, though, uh, I see Morgan Stanley, Jim, goes to 245 Microsoft on the potential of a div hike, which we'll keep an eye out for if, in fact, it happens. I, uh, if David had asked me what the key to the market is, I would say this Microsoft piece, solid returns in times of uncertainty and the dividend boost, it's nice. It's valuable. And I say watch that stuff. All right. Let's get the opening bell here. And finally, some uh, green numbers instead of red. After the last few days have been um, have been tough sledding, at least in the open gym, and also market on close uh, has been for sale for I think eight straight days, thanks to Helene Meisler on that. Right, um, I love. So we'll Helene. see how uh, the session. Yep, how how the session not only opens but ends. I don't want people to buy up one percent. I think sometimes you have to just say, you know what, uh, should have bought yesterday. Now we got to wait. Uh, the Day four has been a good day, but I, I think, and look, maybe today the Nasdaq goes up four and you won't feel bad buying up two. But David, we have seen time and time again when we have these huge rallies and then some selling comes in mid-morning and then you got a shot. But I just think this coming in right now is part and parcel with what people uh, need to be uh, uh, taught about, which is discipline. Sometimes you just say, hey, you know what? At 3.30, I should have bought David, it's not just you come in and say, hey, it's all clear. So I agree with you. There are levels that just don't make sense for some stocks. There's a lot of green. Don't you buy when there's a lot of red? You do. But in this market, don't you just buy when a stock's going up? I mean, isn't that isn't that what what a lot of this cohort, this new these new entrants to the market, so to speak, have learned? Aren't you a facetious fella? You think I'm going there? I'm not going there. You know what, Dave uh, Portnoy, I, I mean, Carl, he's trying to get me to go there. He's trying, but no, I'm not going to do it. Well, you said his name. Well, it, Although you didn't say it in the first 30 minutes of the show. What, Carl? No, 9.31, our first yeah. Portnoy reference. That's well, a record. I mean, Elon, did Elon weigh in and save Portnoy yesterday? Look, Portnoy's just I, I regard him as fun. What does matter is, is that he did raise in Twitter a commentary about how there are a lot of people who do come on air, and they basically scare you. And I say, you know what, there are positions and places where you should be scared. 
but there are others where you've got a great opportunity. If they're going to bring down all stocks, well, maybe Microsoft. That was a good piece. It wasn't a Yahoo piece by Keith Weiss. I kind of like that. I mean, I, I think that's interesting. I, I also felt that when you look at AstraZeneca, I mean, if you believe that that one incident is not uh, dispositive, well, there's a good company. I, I, I'm more circumspect, but there's a lot of things that make me feel like there's opportunity after three days down, but not necessarily tech, if tech opens up really high. And not necessarily Tesla, which we should point out is up 320% still for the year and is rebounding this morning to the tune of about 6%. What was it down yesterday, about 19%, Jim? Yeah, look, that's a tough one because I think there's – they, David, you, they did that at the market sale of $5 billion. They did. They didn't that get was, included in the S&P. That was brilliant. Yeah, it was. It was brilliant. And uh, there are a lot of people I think didn't understand what an ATM is. They thought it was a, a, a machine that prints money. I used to call it asynchronous transfer mode. That was something else. Remember those companies? Yeah. Mode. Yeah. Uh, but, I, look, I just think that there are other places that might be better. I'm not slamming that one. It's just there are other places, Carl, where I feel better about recommending. Uh, yeah. It's it just, it's okay. I mean, you, uh, someone this morning on uh, Brian Sullivan's show said, look, the market really is Tesla. I've never been Brian. I mean, I, I, no, the market is not Tesla. Uh, the market may not be Bristol-Myers either. Maybe the market is uh, T-Mobile. Maybe the market is Apple. I, I just find that we don't want to just say, look, uh, the market's done, Tesla's up, or the market's done, Apple's down. They're just let's look for opportunity. That's all. Yep. To your point, Jim, about people, um, I guess in your words, scaring uh, the market. Gunlack on his webcast yesterday saying that the S&P's in nose, uh, nosebleed territory. And then, of course, Drucken Miller on Squawk earlier this morning. Take a listen to what he said. Right now, we're in a, an absolute raging mania. Um, We've got commentators on your network encouraging companies to do stock splits. Uh, companies then go up 50%, 30 40%. Big market cap companies on stock splits. All right, Jim, so critics would argue that uh, Stan's been echoing a, a variation of that theme for many years. Right, and uh, I know I've been, uh, uh, I've been a proponent of stock splits. I'm not a proponent of buying. Look, I've never said they created value. I do say that they allow people who are want to buy some shares to come in uh, and that when the Apple split occurred, there'll be people who probably sell a fourth of their stock. That they, and maybe that's your chance to get in. And that's what's happened. Uh, look, could I say that that Stan is picking on me for uh, stocks? But no, I think what Stan is saying is you, you don't buy a stock because it announced a split. And he and I certainly agree on that. I do encourage people to come into the market, but that's been my theme. You know, that's been my mantra since 1981. I'm not going to change my stripes now. Is there a raging mania in the market? There's a raging mania in some areas. I'm trying. I've been struggling. David's struggling to figure out how to value a Z-scaler, how to value a CrowdStrike, how to value these companies that have so benefited from stay-at-home. Yeah. Do you just say, you know what, I'd rather just buy camels? Three and a half percent yield. People are starting to cook again. Or do you say, you know what, it's really important to try to figure out whether why there's been so many cyber attacks and whether you need there have been. I mean, a tremendous uptick in cyber attacks and whether you should buy Palo Alto or you should buy CrowdStrike. Maybe the answer is you don't need any of those. But I always recommend that some people have a spec or two. You don't have to have nothing but 3M. 
I think no, you saw the Listen, and, and Jim, I've pointed out many times, many of the names that you have loved in particular, whether it's Shopify or NVIDIA or Salesforce, have been extraordinary performers over a long period of time. Thank you. And, you know, I know you have your share of critics, uh, but uh, those have been great picks. Thank and, you. And I mean, you Shopify. have been enthusiastic for all of them. That said, I don't know at what level, when you're talking to price-to-sales ratios, they get up to 10, 20, 30, 40 50, go up even more in the case of Zoom video, for example. I mean, you know, that is reminiscent to me of some of the things that we saw during the dot-com bubble. It is. I mean, you have to bet that in 2023, Zoom makes even more money. They're, they are profitable. The, the stock that I always point to when people say what's overvalued is, is Okta, because Okta is one of these companies. That, it's an identity company. You always have to know who the identity is before you can protect them. Todd McKinnon runs it. He keeps beating numbers and beating numbers and beating numbers. I don't know how to value Okta up 74%. So maybe you say, listen, I don't want to be in Okta. But so then you try to find something that's not as expensive. I do think Zoom down 30%. I think, I, look, when you go over that conference call, Carl, that was the best quarter that we've had this year. Uh, Eric, Eric, yep. the, the UN is, he's changed and transformed the way we do things. And that often means let's figure out whether you can't get in on some Zoom because two or three years from now, Zoom is going to be the way that, we, that business is conducted, given the fact that so many companies closed big deals using Zoom. That wasn't supposed to happen. You're supposed to go yeah. press the flesh. No, I, I know. But yesterday we talked about Reed Hastings uh, really not being a, a proponent of work from home. You got J.P. Morgan bringing back half of their investment bankers. You see microchips guidance, Jim. Uh, Robert Hum draws us attention to this. Uh, from an end market perspective, the end markets of data center and computers that benefited from work from home in the June quarter, we saw them weaken in the current quarter. So maybe we're all going back to work and we're going to use Zoom, just not as much. Well, look, I think Zoom, let's say Zoom comes up with a way to be able to, uh, to uh, make it so that there's captions underneath, like, like Netflix, Reed. Uh, let, let's say I, I think Zoom uh, is here to stay simply because I think that we're not as close to solving the pandemic as J.P. Morgan might want to think. Is it, should it be a $100 billion stock? Oh, that's probably too high. But uh, can it be around? Well, it's going to be around as long. I, I hear those, those numbers, but where's the vaccine? Uh, do I do, I do everybody? Does everyone feel safe going to Olive Garden? A lot of guys upgraded uh, Darden the last few days. I think as long as there's a vaccine, J.P. Morgan might want people to come back. And I love them for that. They ain't coming back. They're going to fight it. They're they, going to fight. You think they're going to fight it? Really? Yes, they're going to fight, except for the younger people who yeah. are they have to come back because you have to teach them. But I think there's a lot of senior people who say, you know what? I'm kind of done. I don't want to risk my life. <laughs> well, there, there may be, I think. And I think we can expect Zoom to be a part of the, the uh, society in a significant way for years for, from here on in. Right. I mean, so it's not I, worth 100 billion. But, but no, I don't know. But at the same time, people are going to go back to their offices. Uh, there is a need for that. Although many CEOs do tell me that they are surprised at the level of productivity they've been able to get from yes. people, yes. that they Thank will you. never look askance at somebody who says, I want to work from home again. That's no. certainly over and done with. And that they, in an effort to potentially reduce their footprint and reduce their costs, are going to uh, sort of insist that 20 percent of their workforce at any one time be remote. So there is going to be that. I don't know what the numbers will look like. It certainly doesn't seem to be a particularly positive prospect for a lot of urban areas with a lot of uh, office space. Over time, perhaps that will improve. But, yeah, Zoom's going to be a part of our life, Jim. No doubt about it. 
Whether or not you can expect they're going to keep doubling revenues, I don't know. No, they can't. They can't do that. But I look at, say, would I prefer Zoom over Cisco? Cisco also has that as WebEx. Yeah. Well, Cisco doesn't have the growth I like. It's got a 3.6% yield. It sells uh, future earnings at 12. I, I, if they get the get a little momentum, that's definitely a value stock that's intriguing to me. But I also understand why someone might want to buy some Zoom. I just disagree with the whole thesis that we're all coming back to the office. And the reason I do is because the one thing that you can trump anybody's comments from the CEO's office is to say, you know what, sir, Mr. Diamond, I'm afraid of getting sick. And he cannot say, <laughs> well, you get it together, you coward. Put a, you know, put a mask on. No, no. I mean, it's like it's health. And I think that health makes it so that you can say, I, I don't want to go. Meantime, they call you at 6 a.m. They call you at 6 p.m. You're closing deals left and right. It's cheaper to work on Zoom than to go around the country. So I think things have changed. They've changed fundamentally. And unless you tell me that there's a vaccine and we're, we're in a China situation, I just think, you know what? I don't want you visiting my office and uh, I'm not going to visit yours. I, Carl, I gotta, someone asked me to go to the Super Bowl, okay, yesterday. I'm thrilled, but not mm. if it's going to kill me. I mean, I, I love football. You know, the, now, well, now the Super Bowl, now when I think of the Super Bowl, I just think of Tepper talking to you about how big a deal this was all going to eventually yeah, and become. And I missed the Chiefs winning. Chiefs played Thursday night against the Texans, uh, NBC. Uh, I just feel very strongly that uh, when I told my wife I wanted to go to the Super Bowl, it, she said, well, you're an idiot. <laughs> she was, you know, circumspect. I regard that as a maybe. Yeah. David, <laughs> maybe? Work David on how's Work your boy on doing at school? Uh, uh, reporting for duty tomorrow. So, tomorrow. yes, I will not be here. Be, you won't be here. You're going to go up. Yes, yes. You're not afraid. You're not afraid. Afraid of what? Of Drop what? off afraid. at a school? How about an illness? It's school? called COVID-19. No, 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 believe me, they're doing every protocol properly, and uh, we're all very hopeful uh, and excited. Okay. And uh, I all think right. once they get there, you want to just keep them there. I certainly don't want them coming home. I think I, most parents would, would agree with that. So we, uh, we hope for the best, Jim. Uh, no, we, we do. And, I, do. you know, my wife's on the board of Bucknell and John Brobman, the president's done unbelievable things. And they've got a hotel and they're ready to move people over. Every, but I don't like the catch as catch can. I, when you look, go to that New York Times list of kids that have uh, COVID at colleges, it's a little daunting. I mean, yesterday I looked because I had the governor wrote down uh, Brown, one kid. I like that one kid. But I saw numbers, for instance, in Auburn and they, they were at a level where this is all New York Times that say, you know what? This is something you got to be careful of. And again, maybe it's because of my age, Carl, but I, I am in, intently, I'm intense about the notion of uh, should you go to a restaurant in, in New Jersey? Now, I don't have to worry about it because de Blasio is trying to put me out of business. He's probably going to do it, by the way. He's very effective at putting people out of business. Really good at do you, it. Are you doing outdoor uh, or not? You doing outdoor at the restaurant? I got, I got like three tables. And three tables, man. I've been eating outdoors. It's like the, some of these restaurants are taking up entire blocks. They got more tables than they had inside. Get it together. Of course, I don't know what happens when it gets cold. Talk to Carl. the DOT. Cuomo, Cuomo yeah. yesterday Talk to said the it's something we are working on. Yeah. Uh, so maybe, Jim, maybe, Jim, there is, there is hope. We do have all sectors in the green and the VIX back below 30. Let's get to Bob Pisani. Hey, Bob. Good morning, Carl. Uh, five to one, advancing to declining stocks at the open. Nice open. Uh, bounce from oversold conditions, but not a dramatic bounce. More like a stabilization. Take a look at the sectors. Tech leading, not surprisingly, but not dramatically so. 
consumer discretionary uh, financials are fractionally on the upside, as is energy stocks. Uh, the big movers that have had the sell-off in the last four or five days, well, they're up, I would say, uh, modest moves on the upside, 2 to 5%, Apple, NVIDIA, uh, Zoom, uh, Salesforce, as you see here. Again, nice bounces, but a lot of damage done. Just take a look at the mega caps uh, since the close last Wednesday, and that's when things started really getting difficult. Uh, really, three trading days when we've had dramatic moves to the downside. If you look, Apple's down 11% since then. This is just prior to the open. Microsoft, Amazon, uh, Alphabet, Facebook, three days of rather noticeable Call it a correction if you want. We're pretty darn close. If you look at some of the other names, the work from home stuff, uh, they had a, a notable correction in the last several days. Tesla was down 20 percent. DocuSign was down 20 percent. Zoom Video down 5 percent. Wayfair down 13 percent. Salesforce down 10 percent. All that in a, essentially a three-day trading period. Again, bouncing a little bit today, but a lot of technical damage has been done. Uh, we talked a lot about these blow-off charts. I kept showing DocuSign as sort of the poster child for this. So it goes from five days ago, 220 then to $280, and essentially all the way back down to 220 And what happens is when you have these blow-off tops, Art Cashin's been commenting about this, you tend to get blow-offs on the, on the downside. They tend to overshoot on the downside. Art's had a great note out on this, talking about all the people who had stop uh, loss orders, in, and they all got blown through them. He said more than half of these sell-stop avalanches end in pretty much a washout, and that is because they quickly interact so fast that they take it to a level no one had placed previous stops at. In other words, you blow off on the upside and then you overshoot on the downside. Great note from Art these days. Meantime, in terms of September, we haven't seen the big value move here. This is one of the things that's been lacking in the sell-off in the last few days. Not a lot of big moves going into the value space here. So growth is down, but so is value down this month. And even low volatility stuff, the, the Kroger's and the Procter & Gamble of the world, all to the downside. Finally, just want to note here that today we've got a launch of a new stock exchange. That doesn't happen very often. In fact, we've got three stock exchanges launching this month. Today, the long-term stock exchange, which is a very interesting organization. They claim, uh, Eric Reese claims that he's looking for companies that are interested in sustainability and inclusion and adversity and treating employees fairly. It's sort of a lot of what we call ESG kind of things, environmental, social, and governance. That's launching today. The Members Exchange, which is a big powerhouse launched by a, a lot of Wall Street firms, will have a full launch on September 29th. And a smaller firm, uh, the Myax Pearl Equities, will have a launch September 25th. They already own three options exchanges. You might wonder, guys, Carl, why do we need another exchange at all? We have 13 stock exchanges already. Now we'll have 16. And the answer is they keep coming up with different market niches to serve their customers. We'll keep an eye on all of that. Carl, back to you. Oh, that's interesting, Bob. Uh, thank you, uh, Bob Pisani. We're going to get jolts at the top of the hour. Let's get to Rick Santelli this morning. Hey, Rick. Hi, Carl. You know, obviously the effects of the big down moves in equities, especially many days in a row of them, has taken a bit of a toll on treasuries, as you see on a two-day of tens. But to think that 66 basis points uh, when the all-time low yield closes at 50, there, there is an issue here that we just don't seem to be gravitating to the same type of safe harbor buying, pushing rates down on this latest go-round with the weakness in equities as we have, well, in the past. If, if you look at some of the drops in March and some of the areas actually just a couple of months ago where the equity markets didn't have huge moves, but the fixed income markets still seem to be soft. 
What's going on here? Well, you could also look at a two-day of boons and see that it's very similar across boundaries. So there, there's a certain correlation going on there, and, and the correlation, of course, is central banks and how they buffer and mask some of the signals between markets. If we look at what's going on in the high yield space, look no farther than the HYG. Now, given the fact that it is trading a bit higher today, doesn't dismiss the fact that yesterday you were hovering at some of the lowest levels in, well, roughly seven and a half weeks. And commodities as well. Commodities is evidenced by the CRB index hovering near five and a half week lows, which really does demonstrate the unique relationship that our currency has with commodities and how it seems to be in a bit of disarray as you look at the March 1st start of the dollar index. Yes, we are down 9.5% from some of those March highs, but if you look at the recent trading activity, the bounce has been small and it doesn't really seem to be correlating with what's going on in some of these space for commodities. Carl, Jim, David, see you in a few minutes with the uh, uh, job opening and labor turnover data. All right, Rick, we'll see you then. In the meantime, uh, as we said, some green arrows to start this Wednesday morning. Uh, S&P pretty much just touching yesterday's intraday high uh, at 33.75. We're back in a moment. Is the Apple App Store a monopoly? Well, I, I certainly think that they have, they have the unilateral control of what gets on um, the phones in terms of apps of... Um, I think it's probably about 50% of, of Americans who have smartphones and, and a lot of more people around the world. I think there are more than a billion um, Apple devices. So I do think that there are questions that people should be looking into about that control of the App Store. That's uh, Mark Zuckerberg with Mike Allen of Axios talking about whether or not the App Store is a monopoly, Jim. As we see, Apple now starting to push back against Epic and that big deal over Fortnite. Right. I, I think that those of us who've been faced with the notion of developing their own website, as I was at thestreet.com, versus uh, actually just saying, you know what, we guys got to go give Apple the vig, the cut, uh, and then we get far more viewers, are, are really in a free market. You don't have to use Apple. If you've got enough pull and enough power and enough promotion, then you can do it on your own. But I do think that Apple turns out to be the easiest way. To, to build your business. No one says you have to use them. And I think that's the essence of a free market. Look, I think that Mark Zuckerberg being very thoughtful. I mean, you got to question whether that's right or wrong. But David, in the end, uh, Apple's created a, a, a fabulous product and it's been really good for companies trying to do uh, a business. It's not been bad. It's not nefarious. Yeah, but it's been but, effective. But creating scale is a very difficult thing to do. And it's a key for so many businesses in terms of getting themselves to profitability in some way. I mean, you need scale. And without Apple, it's not clear to me that you can get it. Uh, I don't disagree with that. But once you're there, I mean, I just subscribe. Well, how to are you supposed to get it without them? I mean, you're saying you can do it. I, can you? Yeah, you can. If you have a really big, powerful brand. But you're right if you don't. But I would say, look, uh, look at Shopify. Not everybody's on Apple who's on Shopify. You know, I like Shopify. I also like Canada. <laughs> he likes Canada. Okay. Yeah. That was a nice way out of that conversation. Uh, one more break here before we get to a stop trading uh, with the futures looking good on this Wednesday. Don't go away. Back on top, NASDAQ 100 gainers. Tesla's number one with an almost 9% increase a day after its 21% loss, the biggest one-day loss in its history, followed by Zoom, Skyworks, NVIDIA, Microsoft. More Squawk on the Street in a moment. 
It's time for Jim and Stop Trading. Well, first, I just want to remind people I said the market was going to bounce. If you haven't taken anything off the table, you got another chance. Alulu Athletica. This is an interesting quarter. It was a good quarter, but not good enough. The company had some cautious language. I think it was boilerplate, but people don't. Stock's very, very expensive, and you can see what happens. You did very, very expensive, and you don't blow the numbers away. The numbers were in line. Some people were disappointed. So I do believe in Lululemon. Let it come in, and then you got a good chance to be able to buy something, but not yet. Yeah, Jim, there had been some commentary that, you know, it was a name that was already good at digital, uh, was in the apparel space where people were already headed, affluent customers. Why do you think they were so cautious about at least the current quarter? Well, one of the things that's very difficult is you can't, there's lines to get in because of social distancing. When you have a line to get in, you tend to say, you know what, I'll come back some other time. Or maybe you go to Gap Athleta, which you know, was up to better, uh, better gains than, than Lulu. I just think that the problem of crowds uh, are, is not easily remedied. And if, when you have crowds to get into yeah. Lulu, they may go to another store. Yeah. Jim, how about tonight? Okay, I've got Coupa, which reported a good quarter, but is down 16. That's one of those, another one of those high flyers that David is telling you not necessarily to be in. You know, circumspect David is about things I talk about. And then Ulta, which I used to joke is the key to this market. Mary Dillon doing an incredible job. I want to talk about the need for moisturizer and for things above the mask. A- above the mask. That's what matters. <laughs> Jim, we'll see you at 6. Mad Money, of course, right here on CNBC. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.